the office here, and so I come out of the house, and I'm carrying these two great big, huge three-ring binders, and, and my papers were on top, and he looked at me, and he said, are those your notes for tonight? I said, yep, yep, I need about that much to keep me going for as long as you need me to keep going. Okay. So has everybody got a Bible? Okay. If you don't have a Bible, we have one to give to you. So if you don't have one, raise your hand. Because you need a Bible. We all need Bibles. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Awesome. Like I said, you need your Bible. You need to be in this Word, day in, day out, a.m., p.m., morning, noon, and night. Amen? Get in the Word. Luke 137 in the Amplified says, No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. And we heard that if you're doing what God tells you to do, what does he do? He produces what he promised. Amen? This says here that it's without, it's, um, no word is without power, right? And it's impossible of fulfillment. So that means it is, you can have his word fulfilled in your life every single day, but you have to be in it. You have to be speaking it. Okay, so <sighs> I told them I brought some picture books. We could go through some picture books and, you know, just learn a little bit more about him. But he told me he was up here next week, and I thought, I better not do that. So, okay, so he's been on this um, series of letting go of whatever makes you stop, Right? And last week, we looked at the past, letting go of the past. And uh, this week, he told me, we get to let go of anxiety. I wonder why he picked that one for me. Anybody here have a clue why he picked that one for me? It was pretty interesting because it was, uh, I think it was a week, a week, two, two weeks ago when um, I come to work. And, of course, I have all these deadlines with um book work, you know, month end, stuff like that. So I have all these deadlines, so I'm getting right into my book work that Monday morning, and the office is buzzing, and they're talking about all the things that had to be done um, these two weekends coming up, the Connect Ed class, and who is going to do what, and who is going to speak, and all this kind of stuff. And as I'm uh, working, doing my job like a good girl, like I'm supposed to do, I hear this little voice say, well, what about Shelby? And I wanted to, like, take that fly swatter, you know, thing. And, yeah, so so not only did I have um, a sportswoman's night, yeah, and then they told me I had to do Connect Ed. And I, 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 that's fine. My one little portion that I do normally, one little portion that I do is just fine. But no, then they added five or six more portions that I had to come up with how to speak on that. And then, because he has to go speak, then I have to take the services. So, wonder why he gave me anxiety. Yeah, there was a little bit of that going on. Just, just a little for like two or three weeks here. So, I laid in bed last night and as I was, you know, he was asking me how I was doing and I said, well, Thank God for Friday, but Sunday afternoon's coming. Sunday afternoon's coming. So, so anyway, we're going to talk about the baggage of anxiety. We all have baggage in our life. We all have baggage we need to get rid of, 
and we're going to discuss anxiety. Why do we need need to get rid of the baggage? We learned that last week with the example of the Bible, because it weighs us down, right? God did not form us. He did not make us to carry the baggage and that weight. So, how many of you worry? There you go. Look, check all your fingernails. Maybe I should come check your fingernails of those that aren't raising your hands. How many of you worry? Okay, yeah, yeah. So we're going to take a little quiz and, and see just how good you are at worrying. So you're going you're gonna to finish my sentence, and we'll see, see how good you are here. So I'm at the end of my... Mm-hmm, good, good. Um, I'm coming un... There you go, good. I'm all stressed. Yeah, yeah. I'm falling. Good. You are great. And I'm ready to throw in. Very good. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah. Now you know what I went through. Oh, well, didn't work. So we all worry. We all get stressed. We all have anxieties. Maybe it's about our kids. Maybe it's about our job. Maybe it's about finances. We all stress out about something. All get worked up about something. So where do these worries and anxieties and fears come from? This baggage that God did not intend for us to carry, where does it come from? I believe it comes from, There's. I've got three points that I believe it comes from. And the first one is an overwhelming concern for the uncontrollable. An overwhelming concern for the uncontrollable. A lot of the stuff we worry about is just junk. Okay, We worry about other people. We worry about what they may think about us. Um, we just get stressed out over this, the littlest things sometimes. And a lot of it It's uncontrollable. We can't really control the situations that we're worrying about. So imagine, we can all imagine, I guess, those of us that work in an office, you go to work, and on Wednesday your boss comes in and he says, "Um, Friday I want to meet meet with you. I want you to come in my office, and it'll just take a couple minutes, but just come in my office and we'll have a little meeting on Friday. And uh, what do you do? Yeah, you go back and you're thinking, oh, my God, what did I do? Don't I do a good job? What do you think he wants? What's he going to say to me? Haven't I been doing good enough? Am I going to get fired? It's never, am I going to get a raise? You know, it's always, it's always the worst, right? And so then you go, you find a coworker to, what do you think? What do you think? Has he told you what he wants? What do you think he wants? Why won't he tell me what he wants? Okay, but you're not stressed out or anything. Right. And ladies, us, we get on the phone, two, three, four, five of our friends. Can you believe what he wants? Can you believe he wants me to go in his office? What do you think he wants? And we have to talk about it and talk about it and describe it and discuss it. And you're playing it over and over in your mind. And you don't even know what it's about. You don't have any control. You have no idea what he's wanting to talk to you about the overwhelming concern for things that are uncontrollable things we can't control but by worrying and stressing over them we think that makes things better no 
It doesn't. Not at all. Okay, number two is um, unfounded fears. First is uncontroll, overwhelming concern for the uncontrollable, and the second is unfounded fears. And it was funny because I, I spoke on that a while back, unfounded fears. The fears, the crazy fears that we have, stupid little fears that we have. And so I, pull, I went to the, um, to the uh, website and I um, found some fears. And we're going to see if, if you guys know what these fears are. So let's put the first one up. And I'll probably butcher how you pronounce it. A blutophobia. Yeah? Sounds right. I can, I can try to make it right. So is that A, a fear of sourness? Is it B, fear of washing or bathing? Or C, a fear of itching? How many think it's A? A fear of sourness. Anybody think it's A? Okay, a couple of you. How many think it's B, fear of washing or bathing? Okay. How many think it's C, a fear of itching? Cool. Well, it's the fear of washing or bathing. Yeah. Hopefully none of you have that fear in here, right? Good. Good. That's a good thing. We don't have that problem. Okay. The second one. Balonophobia. What? Balone, b- fear of baloney? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Balonophobia. Okay. Um, A, the fear of a kidney disease, B, the fear of wild animals, or C, the fear of needles. So how many think it's A, kidney disease? Okay, how many think it's a fear of wild animals, B? Okay, how many think it's C, um, fear of needles? Very good, it's C, fear of needles. Yeah. Okay, next one. Yeah, um, arachibutrophobia, something like that. Okay, um, yeah, I think I think these people did what Tom talked about, where they went to the kindergarten room and saw all those letters up on the wall and just picked a few out and put it together with phobia on the back of it and come up with something. So, okay, A, the fear of spiders. Uh, B, the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Or C, the fear of fainting. So who thinks it's A, spiders? Okay, who thinks it's B, peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Okay, and who thinks it's C, what did I say C was? Fear of fainting. Okay, it's B, the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Hey, hey, now that's no fair using your phone. Okay, I believe the sign at the beginning of the service says to put all electronic devices away. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it says. So all electronic devices need to be put away now. Or or I can confiscate them. Yes, moms can do that. I feel I, I feel for the kid who's afraid of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. I think I lived on peanut butter and jelly as a kid, so that would be awful. Okay, now where was I? Um, okay, the next one. 
Catoptrophobia. Catoptrophobia? Okay. Is it A, the fear of mirrors? B, the fear of cats? (laughs) C, the fear of catastrophe? Okay. How many think it's A, mirrors? B, cats? Or C, catastrophe? Everybody. (laughs) It's the fear of mirrors. Ladies, that would be an awful, awful fear to have. Can you imagine that, waking up and walking in the bathroom and just, you'd wake the dead. You couldn't brush your teeth or anything. That would be awful. Okay, the next one. Chromatophobia. Yes, chromatophobia. A, the fear of photographs. B, the fear of money. Or C, the fear of time. How many think it's A, photographs? Okay, B, fear of money. Okay, C, what did I say? Fear of time. It's the fear of money. Fear of money. Yeah. None of us have that here, right? Yeah, that, that, would, be, that would be an awful one. Okay, here's another one. I think I have two more left. Pentherophobia. Is it A, the fear of A, the fear of one's mother-in-law? B, the fear of the top floor of a building? Or C, fear of going to bed? It's probably what my boys think it is. C. Okay, who thinks it's A, mother-in-law? Who thinks it's B, uh, top floor of a building? And who thinks it's C going to bed? It's it's A your mother-in-law. <laughs> That's an awful one. I don't have that one. I'm happy to say I do not have that fear, Velma. I don't. Okay. Let's see. Uh, the next one. Uh, yeah. Phronomophobia? Phronomophobia. Phronomophobia? Phron. Phron. Okay, whatever. Fear of puppets? A. Fear of being tickled by feathers? B. Or fear of thinking? C. Okay, who thinks it's uh, fear of puppets? Okay, who thinks it's uh, fear of being tickled by feathers? Okay, and who thinks it's a fear of thinking? You're right, Marty. It's a fear of thinking. I think I think teenagers have that one. I think that's I think that's a fear of teenagers. They don't like to think too much. Okay, and last one. Homilophobia? Homilophobia. Okay. Uh let's see, is it A fear of sermons? B fear of fog? Or C, fear of monotony. Who thinks it's A, fear of sermons? Who thinks it's B, fear of fog? And who who thinks it's C, fear of monotony? No, I didn't know it, but that's fear of sermons. Yeah. Don't even know how to pronounce it, but oh well. That's what it is. And so, if you recall the message I spoke... 
a while back, what's the number one fear of America? Fear of speaking in public. Yes. And what's the number two fear? Fear of death. That's right. Yes. Pretty weird fears. That website that I went to, I mean, it was pages and pages and pages of phobias. It was like, you know, I couldn't pronounce half the words, so why even try? I mean, that's horrible. Anyway, but weird fears, the reality is, even those fears listed are not probably as weird as some of the fears you and I have. Fears of just simple things, stupid things, really, if you think about it. And I believe that God, I mean, what, what do you think God's thinking as, as we are anxious and fretful and fearful and worrisome? He's probably saying, would you guys just knock it off? Just knock it off. Here I am, up here, in control of everything, and you think you're going to get it under control by worrying and stressing. Yeah, good luck with that. So it comes from an overwhelming concern for the uncontrollable, and it comes from, um, what was number two, now that I forgot here? Unfounded fears, right? And number three is the absence of trust. The absence of trust. When you don't have trust, you fear. No trust equals fear. Now, I didn't see many do do this. Hopefully I didn't. Well, I wasn't really looking, so. But, you know, you guys walk in and, and you see all these chairs. How many of you, you know, checked your chairs? Picked it up, turned it over, checked all the nuts and bolts and made sure that it was going to uh, hold you as you sat down on it. Nobody. Because you trust that that chair is going to physically hold your body when you sit down in it. Right? If you didn't, we'd all see these, you know, big lazy boy rocking chairs or, or whatever. That would be interesting there. But that's where fear comes in is when you do not trust. When you trust. It's where worry and anxiety sets in when there's no trust. So I'm going to show you in, in just a minute uh, when you don't trust, when there's an absence of trust, um, there's guaranteed to be an issue of fear and anxiety and worry in your life. So when you're overwhelmed with concern of things that are uncontrollable and when you have unfounded fears and when you have a lack of trust, that's when the anxiety and the stress and the worry happens. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. And you all should have one because we were going to give you one if you said you didn't. So you should all have your Bible. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 25. And before, before I get there, though, I, I want to kind of tell you about this. This is um, Jesus' first message, and it's called um, the Sermon on the Mount, and it starts in chapter 5. But this is the very first public message that Jesus spoke. And he spoke for quite a while, but the thing that I thought was interesting was the subject he picked. Worry. Why was it that his very first message that he decided to speak in public was on worry, anxiety, or stress? 
So 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, his first message was on, was in another nation. It was in another language. And it was on worry. So 2,000 years later, here and now, we're still talking about worry, anxiety, and stress. I just think it's awesome how relevant God is, how relevant his word is. That 2,000 years ago, it worked, and it will work now for you today in this life. Okay, so let's see what he says. It says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? 26. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. It's what the world thinks about. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Right? So verse 33, he will give you everything you need day after day if you live for him and make his kingdom your primary concern. So 2,000 years ago, it's just amazing to me that that is what he spoke on. 2,000 years ago was worry. Because that was the baggage that they were carrying around back then. And it's still the baggage that we're carrying around now. We all carry it. We all come in with anxiety and worries and fears. And it's stuff we're never meant to handle, never meant to carry. In this portion of scripture here, um, there's three things that I found in here that um, Jesus tells us about overcoming stress and worry and anxiety. The first one is um, actually the main thing he says is he reminds us how pointless it is to worry. It's absolutely pointless to worry. But for whatever reason, we still seem to think it works. The more I worry, the more things are going to change, maybe. But it doesn't. Worry is absolutely pointless. I heard a quote that worry was like a rocking chair. There's a whole lot of motion, but no progress. Kind of like that little hamster cage thing, that little wheel that he's just going, 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 spending all his time and energy and absolutely going nowhere. Pointless. Matthew um, 
go back to verse 27. It says, um, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? He's asking you that question. But in the next verse, he already he answers it for you. He doesn't give you a time or a chance to answer it. He says, no. Of course not. No way. doesn't add anything to your life. Kind of when he asks in the verse where he tells you to choose life or death, and then he gives you the answer, choose life. It's like he doesn't really believe we get this you know can it can it add time to your life no of course not not at all doesn't work it's pointless okay so the three reasons why it's pointless the first is it's unhealthy anxiety stress and worry is completely unhealthy how many here know what the top um selling medicine in America is. Okay, all I hear is a bench up. N- well, no, I, that's probably a good one. Tagamet. It's for ulcers. Yeah, ulcers from worry, stress. Do you know that 20,000 pounds of headache medicine is consumed by Americans every single year? 20,000 of those little red pills or white pills or whatever. 20,000. 66% of all doctor visits are stress-related. And heart surgeons tell us that worry is the top reason for heart trouble. It's amazing. I came across this story. In 1991, Iraq decided that they were going to use Scud missiles against the Israelis. So the Israeli... Uh, government decided they were going to prepare. So they gave all their citizens gas masks and told them to tape off a certain room in which to keep the chemicals out when these Scud missiles hit. So you think that, you know, gave everybody their peace, calm? No, probably not. I'm sure people were freaking out greatly. So when the Scud missiles hit, hundreds and hundreds of citizens died from this horrible attack. Um, After the attack, scientists came in to find out why they died and to figure out which chemicals had done the damage. And you know what they found out? Of all the people that died, the majority of those people died from heart attacks. Nothing to do with the chemicals. It was the fear, it was the stress, it was the anxiety that they passed away from, not the chemical attack. It's not good for you. We were not made to bear that burden. We were not made to carry that load. God did not design us to carry that. It's not good for us. It's very, very unhealthy. Why do you think he wants us to get rid of us? We heard it earlier. We sang the song. He loves us so much. He doesn't want us to carry that. He said he's here to bear all of our burdens. He wants to take that and carry it for us. He did not design us to handle that. Number two, not only is it unhealthy, it is unproductive. How much time do you think we lose worrying, stressing out? I bet it's a lot. I know I could have done some things instead of stressing and worrying out. (laughs) Oh, well, that's in the past. So anyway... Some people, some people don't get married 
Maybe you don't um, ask for a certain promotion. Maybe you don't meet new friends because you're stressed or worried. Unproductive. People don't get as much work done because of anxiety and stress. The word worry actually comes from an old English word, worrier, spelled W-O-R-I-E-R, pretty much like it sounds. And you know the root meaning of this word? It means to choke or strangle. To choke or strangle. So what's Jesus telling us? He's telling us that uh, every time you worry, that you're choking or strangling yourself. And you wonder why it's unproductive or unhealthy. You're making matters worse. You're saying choking, you're, you're choking the life out of yourself because you're choosing to worry. And worry is a choice. It's a choice. I spoke on this at the sportswoman's night. The choices that you make. It's kind of like the transmission in a car. You put it in, you, you know, you flip it into the R position and you go backwards. And you flip it into the D position and you go forwards. It's just as simple as that. You choose to push it up or you choose to push it back. You choose to worry or you choose not to worry. It's very simple. It's, but it's your choice. You're making that choice. Okay. So the third thing is that it is unhelpful. So it's unhealthy, it's unproductive, and now it's unhelpful came across this list, an average person's anxiety is focused on 40% of things that will never happen, 30% of things about the past that can't be changed, 12% of things about criticism by others, which are mostly untrue, 10% about health, which is funny, gets worse when you stress out over it, and then 8% about real problems that will be faced. So that means that 92% of the things that you're choosing to worry about are in the past or things that you have no control over. I don't think we should be worrying. doesn't work to worry. Don't bother worry. Don't bother getting stressed out. God says it's unhealthy, it's unproductive, it's unhelpful, and it's not going to change anything. It's baggage that you've got to let go of and get rid of. Once and for all. Jesus reminds us how pointless it is to worry. Okay? And then in the scripture, he also talks about how valuable we are to him. So here in the middle of this message that he's talking about worry and stress and anxiety, he touches on the fact of how valuable we are to him. Right? We are so valuable to him. By the way, he says, you're so valuable to me. Why in the world would Jesus talk about worry and then say, oh, by the way, I have a remedy for that. You're valuable to me. You're so valuable to me. What does realizing how valuable we are to him have anything to do with worry? It's the same thing Jesus is saying. Why you you know you need to get rid of that worry. You need to get rid of that stress. You need to let go of all that anxiety that He never created us to handle. And here's how you do it: by remembering how valuable we are to Him. We are so valuable to Him, and if we remember that, He's not going to let anything happen to us. 
Amen. He said, um, look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in the barns because the Heavenly Father feeds him. And we are so much more valuable to him than, any, than the birds, than anything else that he created. We were created in his image. We are so valuable to him. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, doesn't he most surely care for us? Of course he does. We're valuable to him. How do you treat what's valuable to you? How do you treat your kids? Are they valuable to you? How about your money that you work for? Isn't that valuable to you? How do you treat what's valuable to you? You protect it. You care for it. You provide for it. Right? Do you protect your your money, your finances? Yeah? You protect your kids. You protect your spouses because they're valuable. How how many of you um, have ever um, had a rental car? Okay. Do you take it out and wash it and wax it and shine the tires and spit shine all the chrome and stuff? No. No, no, they don't. Because <laughs> it's not valuable to them. They're paying for it. They figure I'm paying for it. Why do I have to do that? It's not valuable to them. Okay? So you need, um, uh, yeah, it's funny. You probably want to abuse it because you're paying for it, right? (laughs) Anyway, yeah. It's not not a big value to you, so why, why take care of it, right? But whatever's yours, you value and you take care of, Okay? Jesus says he wants us to get rid of the stress, the anxiety, and the worry because he didn't create us to handle it. And how do we do that? By remembering how much he values us. You've got to realize how pointless it is. And it's not going to add a single day to your life. And you have to remember how valuable you are to him. More valuable than the birds or the flowers. More valuable than anything. He's going to take care of us. Make not take, might not make sense to us now how it's all going to work out, but he does and he will take care of us. Okay? Jesus also reminds us that trusting him is our greatest antidote to worry. Trusting him is the only way. In chapter, uh, verse 30 of chapter 6, and if God's care so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. But look at that last little sentence. Why do you have so little faith? I think that's a pretty interesting sentence to throw right there in the middle of that. It's just kind of weird. You know, I care for you. You're wonderfully made. You're more important than anything else. But why do you have so little faith? It's, it's kind of like he's, he's saying, um, it just comes down to this. You have so little faith. You just don't have the faith. If you would just trust me, none of this would be a problem. There wouldn't be fear. You wouldn't have anxiety. You wouldn't be worried. You wouldn't be stressed if you would just learn to trust God. He's going to take care of everything. How many of, of you in your car, you know, your radio stations, they're all... Um, 
like preset, you've got like, I think I have like six. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I think you have what, six of all country stations? Probably. Yeah. So I had, I think I have like my jazz and my Christian radio and then, you know, some, some other ones. And, and, uh, I know that most of the time I'm driving and I'm got my Christian radio station on and I'm worshiping and then I stop and pick up my kids who immediately have to push a different button and turn the dial and, it's either, oh my gosh, you know, boom, 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 or some whiny, God help me country song type thing, you know, mo, poor is me, and wah, wah, wah. So, it's either one of the two that I end up listening to, you know, some of it, some of it's okay, but it's just a little interesting. But so you have your preset stations, right? And I think um, God must think that we do this. When we, we stress out and we worry and we're going through a tough time, it's like we push that button of worry or we push that button of stress. We just automatically push that button. It's just like preset there, you know. Oh, you know, I have this tough time or I'm, you know, something's stressing me out. So there's that worry button that you just push. And I believe with all my heart that God wants you to change those stations. He wants you to reconfigure your preset stations and make it to to, um, trust him. Trust and just push that button to trust God. Whenever you're going through trials and tribulations, instead of that preset worry button, you need to find the button of trusting him. Trusting him in everything, in financial situations, in relationship situations. Find the trust button. Maybe you don't know what's going to happen, but if you just trust God, that's um, bottom line. Jesus said, you have such little faith. Can't you just trust me? Know that he's going to take care of us. He'll never let us down. We all have baggage. We all have the anxiety and the stress. Maybe not as much as others. But we all have it. And maybe you don't think you have it as much as what you used to have it. Do you remember when they came out with those the wheels on the luggage thing? You remember before you had to carry your luggage, you know, because there's no wheels? Or you drag it down the thing and rip holes in the bottom of it. And then you see this guy come walking through the airport and he's got wheels. You know, first it's just the two little wheels, so... So it's, you know, pulling. And now they got those wheels where you can turn it any old way. It's like, you know, driving a car down through there. But it's still baggage. It may be just easier for you to take care of. Pull along in life. Maybe it's not doesn't feel like it's dragging you down or weighing you down. But it's got wheels on it. And so maybe it's just a little easier. But God's telling us to lay it down. Give it away. Push it away. Don't keep holding on to it. So I think that um, God's telling us tonight that we need to learn to trust him in everything, in everything. Trust him. Don't worry. Don't stress. Realize that we are more valuable to him than anything. Preset that dial of life to trust and say, God, I'm not going to stress, not going to freak out anymore. I'm just going to trust you. 
92% of what I worry about doesn't matter. I can't change it. I can't control it. It's all you, God. I just got to trust you. Amen? Amen. If you're here this evening and you want to let go of that worry and stress, you want to give it to God, you want to say, God, I don't need this anymore, I just want you to raise your hand, give it to him, and say, God, I'm letting go of it. I need to let go of it. I don't want to do this anymore. It's not good. It's not right. It's unhealthy. Maybe you um, say that you need to, um, in order to trust God, you've got to give your life to him. He wants, you, he wants you to. He wants you to trust him with all your heart. He wants you to love him. He wants to take all your burdens. He wants to take all your cares. If that's you this evening, go ahead and raise your hand. Give your life to him. Take, have him take your fears and your worries and your stress. He's just waiting for you to give it to him. Turn it over to him. Amen.